Hello and welcome back to IT Varsity Tech Watch. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Masihullah Katrada and we got another very exciting episode planned today. Uh this episode is a continuation of what we started talking about last week which was blockchain. So just to recap, we explained that blockchain is a very secure database. Think of it as a vault that stores very secure, very confidential information. And the way it does this is by storing said information in multiple places at one time and by encrypting that information. So this makes it very difficult to tamper with this information and also it makes this information very very reliable and also accessible and also very accessible correct and we also we also discussed something very interesting that the way that Imam Bukhari compiled his hadith was actually a forerunner of blockchain technologies i mean imam bukhari alayhi rahma he could have gone to any one single person and asked them for the hadith as well as the chain of narrators and he could have sufficed with that and put it into his book but what did he do he went he got that hadith from the person and then he asked that person who was your source and then he went to that source and he got that hadith again from the source and at each source he verified that person he verified how reliable that person is both by conversing as well as through the community now imam bukhari who actually laid the foundations for blockchain technology he used blockchain technology to give us a compilation of super secure uh, hadith we also uh, saw that in a very loose sort of way the way that the quran has come down to us from hafiz to hafiz to hafiz is also a very super secure way of of transferring data of storing data because instead of the quran being stored in one place in one giant book where anybody could have made changes the quran was stored at any given time in the hearts of tens of thousands of hafiz so if one person made a change to that then that change would be easily picked up i mean there were incidents where you know people started to uh, bring in changes into the quran you got these uh, scribes who tried to make changes into the qurans those qurans went into circulation they were found out by hafiz people found the errors and they were returned so that information was super super secure that was allah taala system of preserving the quran now in the same way we have valuable transactional information that needs to be stored and needs to be secure and we facing this problem today of of hackers getting in and uh, breaking into databases and stealing information or tampering with information we got people that that try to do fraudulent transactions now all of this can be overcome with blockchain versus databases now if you look at the traditional databases a database is a place where all the data is stored in one place so if you if you break into that database and that database is like the one vault where all your wealth is stored you can go once you break into that once a thief or a hacker or a fraudster breaks into that they can steal everything away from you on the other hand the blockchain is similar to a database in the sense that it stores data but instead of storing the data in one place it stores every single transaction in dozens and dozens of different places and it encrypts each one of those so in other words if a hacker wanted to get to a certain bit of information 
he'd have to go to hundreds of computers, hack each one of them, tamper with that information, and then re-encrypt them. Even then, even then, the other blocks would see that this one's been tampered with. There is a way in that encryption where the other blocks can see that a specific block or a specific set of blocks have been tampered with. So blockchain makes it very difficult, if not impossible, for anybody to hack into data and to tamper with data. It's a way done correctly to ensure that the data you are receiving is 100% secure. You don't need to uh, further verify that. Now we looked at some examples uh, of blockchain. The one was uh, purchasing a cell phone. If you're purchasing a secondhand cell phone, there's, there's no way really to know that this cell phone is definitely 100% not stolen, that it hasn't gone for repairs, that it hasn't been seriously damaged at any, at any point in its lifespan. But blockchain technology can solve all of this. But from a religious perspective, there's also another massive, a major benefit that blockchain can bring, and that is to the halal industry. Now, if you consider the halal industry, it's very, very difficult to establish and to verify that a food item that's sitting on a supermarket shelf somewhere is verifiably, authentically halal. Now, where the difficulty comes in is that any single item, let's say you pick a, a, a can of, of canned foods, that the challenge there is that even though that can is coming from a single factory, but the ingredients that made the, the, those items or that item that's inside the can, maybe it's baked beans, maybe it's mixed veggies uh, or some other food type, the ingredients came from a number of different sources. So how do you track that? You may be able to track the, the, the closest source, which is the factory that the actual can is coming from, but from that point forward, it becomes very difficult to track where the sources are of that particular factory. Now with blockchain technology, it becomes much, much easier. And I'll show you how that's done. I'll explain how that's done. Now let's say you go to a store and you find a food item. For argument's sake, let's say it's a can. Now in the future with blockchain technology, you would be able to scan that uh, can. And that, by scanning it, it will access the blockchain and the blockchain specifically for that food type will tell you the list of well it'll tell you firstly where that can came from and it'll tell you it'll show you the list of ingredients and then it will show you where each of those ingredients in turn came from and if an ingredient itself is made up of multiple ingredients it'll break it down further and show you where those came from. Now, how is this possible? How will this be possible? And why is it not possible today? Now, it will be possible in the future because in the future, from farm to table, from source, the absolute initial source, right through to the table, each transaction that takes place on a food item will be stored in the blockchain. So for example, the farmer that grows the beans when he sells those beans to the factory, that information, that transaction is stored in the blockchain. Again, super secure and encrypted. So no one can interfere with that information. So that transaction is stored. 
Then you got another farmer that grows tomatoes, for example. He grows those tomatoes, he sells them to another factory that makes tomato sauce. That information is stored in the blockchain. Now the beans factory will buy the tomato sauce from the tomato sauce factory and that information is also stored in the blockchain. So as you can see, every single information, every single bit of information is stored in the blockchain. And when that final product is sold from the factory to the supermarket that you are purchasing it from, then that is also stored in the blockchain. So in this way, you will be able to see for, for sure 100% exactly where the food that you are eating came from and this is going to be extremely useful not just for halal purposes but for a number of other uh, other purposes for example if we know that a certain uh, country exploits their farmers if we know that certain farmers are being grossly underpaid they are being exploited by certain companies and we see in that blockchain that this product is coming from one of those sources and that's a big issue these days where there's large-scale uh, exploitation globally especially in the so-called third world countries if we find that the source is coming from a place that we don't like that we don't approve of then we can obviously boycott that product or if it's coming from a from a country you know where we we have sanctions against then we can obviously not buy that product so this is going to be the future of the food industry where everything is recorded in the blockchain in fact it's going to go beyond that it's going to go much much beyond the halal industry because this type of information will be useful even for vegans now a vegan person who doesn't eat meat or any meat products will be able to scan a product and see exactly what the sources are to ensure that it's not it doesn't contain any uh, meat products in a similar way you are you are buying fruits and veggies at a store now you'll be able to scan a barcode and see exactly where and when that fruit was was produced you'll be able to see its whole supply chain from the farm through to the factory and to your table in that way you'll be able to see whether this fruit has been sitting around for too long uh, whether it's about to go off or whether it's fresh whether it's coming from farms that are consistently producing good quality or farms that are dodgy now this is going to transform the food industry not just the halal industry but i mean there's also other examples where blockchain is going to be extremely useful like for example the motor industry take for example this scenario you would like to buy a used car now just like in the previous episode we explained the example about the phone buying a used phone there's no easy way to get the information about that device or about the car and with cars i mean it's it's much more critical to have that information because it's a much much bigger investment than uh, a phone i mean a phone you'd pay five ten thousand a vehicle could cost you three four hundred thousand and you could end up with a hot potato and you and you won't even know about it exactly so consider this example right you go to a dealer and you find a car that you like it, it looks good on um, the body there's no dents there's no rust everything about it looks great it has a low mileage it has a full service history and the price is perfect okay sounds good but 
you are sharper than that. So instead of just taking the uh, dealer's word for it, you pull out your device and you log into a fictional app called the National Vehicle Ledger. Now this is just an app we're using for this example, but it could definitely see something like this coming up. In the future, I in mean, definitely. Th there is a need for it, this naval app. Definitely. So all you need to do in this app is just like with the phone and where you typed in the IMEI number, you would type in the chassis number of the car and suddenly the story changes. So you get a full record of this vehicle. You learn that it was manufactured in Durban and it was sold to someone in Johannesburg. It was serviced, um, it was serviced by agents. There were no speedings, there were no accidents. The car was looked after very well. Okay, so cool so far. Then you learn a few years later from the app that the car was sold and the person that it was sold to wasn't as caring as the previous owner. So you learn that this car has been in uh, numerous uh, traffic violations, maybe speeding tickets, um, maybe the car was in an accident and it was not repaired properly. Um, and you learn that this car that you thought was, was really a steal is, uh, it has a few secrets. And now you are in a better position to make a decision about buying this vehicle. Now consider getting this information now. It's extremely difficult. Without an app like this, this information is almost impossible to collect. And that's the irony of our times that in what we call the information age, to get information about any one single item is so difficult that you could easily get hoodwinked into buying a vehicle that you think is a good vehicle, but is in actual fact a hot potato. Now, like the example that you, you mentioned, the first owner of the vehicle was a, was a caring uh, you know, person that looked after the, that vehicle, that uh, kept the, sp the, the, the speed limits, didn't break the law, and then you've got this one person in between that was a downright wild troublemaker, maybe a young person, new driver, who thinks that you know uh, cars or, or roads are, are, are racetracks, and this person didn't service that car properly and basically abused it. And then the car was sold down the line to a few other people, and then you are seeing it now and you're considering purchasing it. Now, today, the irony is you can't get all that information. But in the near future, the blockchain will make all that information readily available to everyone, but not readily changeable by anyone. So you'll be able to access that information to view, but you won't be able to make changes. And not just direct information about the car, but also about the owners and their history, their track records, their um, uh, traffic fine records relating to that car. All of that information, all of that data will be in the future, it will be integrated into one single place and that single place will be the blockchain. And everybody will have access into that ledger, that national vehicle ledger that, uh, that tells us the history of every car. Now think about that technology. Think about when that actually becomes a reality, which is going to happen in the near future. 
first things first, the motor vehicle industry is going to be transformed. The second-hand vehicle industry is going to be transformed. No one will be able to hoodwink another person into buying a vehicle that they are not uh, happy with or to buying into buying a vehicle that has been abused and is, uh, is being passed off as, as a good vehicle. So that's the first thing. The second thing is vehicle theft. I mean, no one will mistakenly buy a stolen vehicle because all you have to do is scan the chassis number or, or of that vehicle and it'll tell you the entire history as well as the histories of the owners, who the owners were of this vehicle. So let's say, for example, someone stole a car and he's trying to sell it to you even though they may have the papers, even though they may have uh, chassis number, etc. But if that doesn't match up against the blockchain, then you simply cannot buy that vehicle. And these thieves won't be able to go into the blockchain and make changes because the blockchain is almost impossible to change. Because with each time that that vehicle was bought, sold, or some information or some transaction took place about it, that was stored in hundreds of different computers and in each location it was super secure it was encrypted so the thief that steals the car in order to pass it off as a legitimate car will have to be not just a good vehicle thief but will have to be the world's greatest hacker to be able to hack into thousands of computers and make a change in all of those computers and ensure while he's making those changes that he doesn't make a mistake that's going to be impossible so the motor vehicle industry is going to be completely transformed by blockchain technology, just like the food industry is going to be completely transformed. What we need in our hands in this day and age, in the age of information, and it's becoming more and more vital in today's times to get timely information, to get correct information, to get accurate, secure information that we can rely on that hasn't been tampered by anyone. Now think about all the other industries. Think about everything else that's re uh, that requires valid data. I mean, fraud. Fraud is so common these days. Government corruption is so common. Now think about government corruption as far as tenders goes. Now we know it's a common problem where people are overcharging a government for certain goods because there's a contact inside. So you might be you might pay uh, 10 rands for a pen at a normal store, but because you've got a government contract, you're charging 100 rands for the same pen, which is an unfair price, which is robbing the taxpayers. Now, if all the transactional information is stored in the blockchain, it becomes easy to backtrack exactly where the corruption lies, where the issues are with the corruption, where the issues lie with fraud, if there was ever fraud. Just yesterday, I was talking to a business person who had faced a situation where her business was robbed by her accountants. Now the accountants were guilty of fraud and this happens in the corporate world also. Now with the blockchain, when, when transactions are stored and cannot be changed, then no one can tamper with it. The problem these days is that certain people like accountants have access to databases where they can go in and make changes. But with the blockchain, because no one can make any changes, that type of fraud will become impossible. Another example comes to mind, um, similar to the one you mentioned about the halal industry, and it's also related to the food industry, where it's actually being used today. Now, if you remember in a previous episode, we talked about uh, the IBM 5 in 5, 
where one of the the teams of researchers were trying to eliminate food wastage now this will be using the blockchain and how this will work is that from the time a product is grown it's recorded in the blockchain from the time it's harvested it's recorded in the blockchain when the product is packaged when it's put into crates when it's being shipped when it reaches the warehouse all of those steps are recorded in the blockchain till the time it is sold now using all of this data uh, suppliers and farmers will be able to see where too much food is being delivered or where too little food is being delivered and using this they'll be able to reduce food wastage now this uses the blockchain so you know it's super secure it's tamper proof and um, it's easily accessible to to the farmers or to the uh, uh, to the the shop owners and so the shop owners can see that you know i've been maybe buying too many uh, too many tomatoes for example and a lot of it is going to waste and along the whole step of the way it can it can see that uh, it can show everyone along the whole supply chain where they are making errors in distribution and in so uh, uh, you know prevent food wastage that's actually quite a good example because you know even though the halal example that we mentioned is still some some way away i mean there's been initiatives uh, recently to uh, bring uh, you know a halal blockchain capabilities but it's great to know that ibm and other companies are actually implementing blockchain in the food industry and this will eventually filter down into the halal industry because as food more and more food items are becoming uh, you know they they coming under the blockchain they're being se securely um, stored in the blockchain eventually all we are going to need to do is to simply tap into that blockchain and establish whether a food item is halal or not definitely and you can already see how this is definitely going to change the world so this has been another very exciting episode extremely interesting episode and we really hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did and in the next episode we'll discuss a few more real world scenarios or applications of the blockchain so until next time i'm masihullah katrada and i'm bilal katrada and we'll catch you in the next one